Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Barry Davenport. Barry is a personal development thought leader, certified coach, multiple best-selling author, founder of the top-ranked blog LiveBoldAndBloom.com, where she offers practical, science-backed strategies for self-improvement. She's the creator of several online courses, including Simple Self-Confidence, The Path to Your Life Passion, The Couples Communication Course, Emotional Abuse Breakthrough, and Sticky Habits. She also teaches aspiring authors how to write and self-publish books with her Authority Pub Academy program. So welcome to the podcast, Barry. I'm excited to have you here and to have this conversation. I am excited too, Ursula, and to be online with a fellow Ashvillian. <laughs> I know. It's great to uh, actually know the person that you're talking to, having met in person. So uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And to be in this uh, dynamic city together where a lot of creative ideas just flow in the ethos, right? Absolutely. It's a really dynamic place in that way, for sure. Yeah. So, so tell us a bit about how you came to this personal development work. How did it evolve? And your business is very online based perhaps you can talk a little bit about how that aspect of it evolved too yeah it's it's pretty much uh, solely online based at this point um, so it's kind of an interesting story I was in the public relations field for um, most of my working life uh, I stopped for a while to raise my children and then went back into it as a consultant uh, as they got older um, and as they, as my kids sort of started one by one to, to leave the home and I had more time on my hands to work, I, I really recognized how uh, that job in PR was less and less fulfilling, promoting other people's things and not really having any sort of inherent um, attachment to what I was promoting. And uh, it just, it, it no longer felt right or authentic for me. Mm-hmm. But as you know, pretty much a, a stay-at-home mom for a lot of years and having been out of the workforce, I had no idea out of the real workforce. I was a consultant from home, but I wasn't going into a job day to day. I really had no idea what I wanted to do or what I was passionate about or what I could do. And, you know, I was getting older. And so you have a lot of fears and self-doubts around, you know, am I good for anything at this point? What can I do? So I really delved into figuring that out, you know, as, as daunting as it was at the time, I felt like, you know, this can't be it. I can't, you know, I can't be just stuck in this place forever. So I did a lot of research myself, a lot of coaching with people, um, taking assessments and just trying to sort of be a self-detective and figure out what, uh, what my skills and aptitudes were, what I was naturally inclined toward. And counseling and coaching kept coming up for me over and over. It just kept popping back up. Mm -hmm. And I did research on both, 
coaching seemed to be a more viable path for me. I liked the model. I liked the idea of helping people who were in a good place reach a much better place. Uh, so I went back to school. I got certified as a coach. I enjoyed doing that. I started a small practice, you know, was hustling for clients and I uh, started a really basic blog because I was a complete idiot when it came to technology. So <laughs> I did an old blogger blog, which was paint by numbers, basically, and discovered how much I loved writing about personal development and sharing with people online. Of course, it was just three or four to begin with, but then I took a blogging course and learned more about how to attract readers and grow my blog. And it's just taken off over the last eight years, I guess, when, since I started. Um, you know, I grew from those first two or three readers who happened to be my relatives and best friends to over a million monthly readers. And, you know, it happened more because I felt so passionate about what I was doing and what I was, how I was helping people and, um, you know, learning things that, uh, were totally new for me, but that I was so excited about and, you know, was able to get over the learning curve because of my excitement. Uh, so that's how I got into it. Well, and it's so interesting the aspects of your story that you, you kind of took your own personal self exploration journey and, um, really that became the basis of your business in a sense and, and, uh, becoming a life coach and all that arose out of that. But, um, uh, so interesting that the, it began with your own self development journey. Yeah, it did. And actually that has served me well because I've been able to use, all of the things I did on my journey and refine them and teach them to other people through books and courses. I write a lot about how to find your passion and how to put it to work for you. Uh, so that, that whole process, as painful as it was in a lot of ways during the time, because I went down a lot of uh, detours and wrong roads, um, it helped me to sort of refine a system to help other people do the same thing. Yeah, well, and it's obviously resonating with people because to have over a million uh, monthly readers is a pretty amazing uh, achievement. So um, you've really, okay. yeah, it's, uh, you've really also kind of uh, gone, you've gone down the road of, of having science backed um, information that you talk about in your blogs, but you're also talking about passion a lot. So how does, how do the two kind of come together for you? Well, I talk about passion and many other things that don't on the surface seem like they are science backed, but I think there are a lot of uh, strategies for making change in your life that when you think of them uh, initially, like finding your passion, there doesn't really seem to be any uh, clear cut direction. I mean, you know, you don't really get a, a roadmap or a handbook for how to find what you feel passionate about. But there, there are things that you can, there are strategies that you can use that have been proven to help you move very slowly forward in the direction uh, of your innate desires and in your eight innate skills and when you are able to match what you're doing with who you really are, and there are scientific ways of finding out who you really are, at least a, a portion of that, uh, then you can create a life that is um, much happier, much more grounded, much more aligned with your values and uh, what you want for yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, 
I mean, there are a lot of bloggers out there. There are a lot of people talking about personal development more and more, a lot of books being written. What is it that you think is unique about what you do that, that draws so many people and that really uh, allows people to connect with you in such a meaningful way? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And I don't know that what I do is all that unique in the online world. I mean, there are a lot of thought leaders out there and bloggers who are in the personal development space. But I think it's that my particular followers must enjoy or like the way that I am presenting ideas and strategies and information. So that makes it unique for them. And I think when we bring our our own voice to whatever we're doing, there'll be people who are attracted to that and people who aren't. But you don't you don't need everybody to love you, right? You just right. You need enough people who resonate with what you're doing to be able to build a business around it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, it's unique and special because I'm doing work I absolutely love that I find very rewarding. I can do it from the comfort of my home or anywhere else in the world I want to be. Um, my my business partner, Ron, is also my life partner. And so we get to work together. And that's been really fun and um, a, a really uh, life-enhancing thing. Um, you know, and as far as my unique voice goes, I think in this space, as you said, there's such a wide range of approaches to helping people improve their lives. And I do try to focus on what you mentioned earlier, that practical personal growth that uh, focuses on strategies that have some foundation in science and in my own personal experience with my clients and and with myself, mm-hmm. things that I've worked on that I know have provided success for me or success for my clients or that have been shown through studies and research uh, that if applied regularly will will bring about change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's it's an important aspect because change, we're all naturally disinclined that way uh, or unless there's some really big motivation. So whatever you can do to make that change process easier or... Tap, really tapping into an, a known method can be really valuable. Yeah, it can be. And it, I think it gives people a sense of security that they're not just floundering, that their efforts are directed in a way that uh, that does have a real possibility for improving their lives rather than hoping, wishing, dreaming, wondering, you know, not having much clarity about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me is to try to provide things that, um, at least, at least give some semblance of a, uh, I shouldn't say a guarantee, but at least a, a logical hope that success will follow. Right. At least a higher chance for success. So yes, that yeah. is correct. Yeah. Well, and I think people would are really interested to hear that you work with your life partner, and that's um, something that is. Um, it doesn't always work well. So it's encouraging to hear that you've got an arrangement that it really works so well for both of you. And I've, I've seen you working together. It all seems very harmonious, at least, at least uh, on the occasions when I've, uh, when I've observed that. So, yeah, I'm not sporting a black eye right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully never. I'm, no, I'm thinking about that. Totally. No, we do work very harmoniously. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know how it happened, really and truly. It was just uh, grace or luck or something because um, we are just very well suited to each other, both personally and professionally. Our skills are complementary. Our demeanors are similar, so that makes it easy. We're both invested in 
um, in our relationship first and the success of the business second. Uh, so, you know, whatever decisions we make, we want to make sure that it protects the, um, the quality of the relationship. Yeah, that's such a powerful thing to say, because I think that, um, I mean, as a business coach, people come to me about business related kind of issues, but in at least the way I believe uh, it's best to move forward as your business has to fit into your life and not the other way around. So uh, that's great to hear that you're being so mindful about what it is that helps preserve the relationship. And, and I understand that's the topic of your up, latest upcoming book, your next book. Yeah. It's on mindfulness and relationships and how to be mindful in your relationships and be more intentional, <clears throat> excuse me, in how you approach your relationships, um, particularly your, your most intimate love relationship, because that can be the centerpiece of your life. If you're in one, it really should be the centerpiece because, um, this is the person you choose to spend your life with, and they're going to be impacted or impact everything that goes on around you. So, you know, being able to think about in advance how you want to deal with conflict, how you want to um, divide chores, how you want uh, to speak and be spoken to, um, all of the minutia of our lives that seem sort of unimportant and almost careless when we're in a relationship really should be treated um, as the seeds for your own personal growth and the seeds for the growth of your relationship. And if you view it that way, you have the opportunity to have a really spectacular, deeply fulfilling connection with someone. Hmm. I love the way you just spoke about that. It, it's, um, you know, the, the fact that moments can seem careless, but they add up to something quite significant in any relationship and particularly in one where there's such an intimate connection. Yeah. Yeah. As they say, the little things matter, right? Yeah. It's always the little things. And, you know, that sounds like something you'd put on a magnet on your refrigerator, but <laughs> it, it is true in any relationship you have, whether it's with your, your partner, your spouse, or your coworker or your client, um, simple kindness, um, integrity, honesty, um, you know, being there, being present, those things make a huge difference in that the outcome of whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to delve into the impact of the work that you're doing and really start to talk about that in more depth. And can you share what, what do you feel is the impact of the work that you're doing now? What is the effect on the lives of your readers and your and your clients. Yeah. So much of the work that I do from everything from my blog post articles to the books I write to the courses I create, they all involve uh, learning more about the pain points and the struggles and the challenges and the disappointments and the sufferings um, that my followers face day to day. And then trying to offer them really practical, really manageable ways to deal with those things. Um, so for example, you mentioned one of my books on emotional abuse, and I do write and talk a lot about the topic of emotional abuse and relationships. And the way, the reason that I write about that is that we discovered by accident that this was really a huge pain point for thousands of people mm -hmm. who came to my site because we wrote one post on the topic 
And it just went viral. It just blew up. Yeah. And the comments, the hundreds of comments with people sharing their stories about emotional and verbal abuse that they received from their partner. And so I've since written several books, three books on the topic and a course to help people sort of deal with this topic. And one of the books that I wrote is a series of of scripts or talking talking points, I guess, for emotional abuse victims who can use that with their partners um, so they know what to say and how to stand up for themselves because these are people who feel so overwhelmed, so beaten down, so confused about what's going on because of all the manipulation and the control and the, you know, sort of the guilt trips and all of the things that come with emotional abuse that they can just stand like a deer in headlights and not know even how to respond to some of this because sometimes it's so crazy. And so I, I gave them words to use, which sounds pretty basic. I mean, don't people know how to talk to someone and respond back? But uh, in a situation like this, that's, that is the most practical, useful thing they can have in their toolbox at the moment when they have to deal with it. Mm. And to have those kind of tools available, you know, can make a person feel more empowered, more in control, uh, more decisive, uh, and strengthen them so they have the ability to stand up for themselves and create their own boundaries. I'm struck by how practical that is. I mean, it's it's true. If people are in a situation of being chronically abused, um, it's self-confidence is an issue and the ability to speak up because the consequences of speaking up are so extreme. Yeah, and most of us have a hard time communicating anyway, just in day-to-day life over the most minor conflicts with with the people we love the most and who we have great relationships with. I mean, you know, if somebody says, you know, I really don't like the way you spoke to me, you know, and they may be legitimate, it stings and you have a hard time not wanting to lash out or whatever. But if you're dealing with someone whose behavior is really off the charts, you know, it is hard either not to just blow your lid, break down crying you know, fall on the floor and want to suck your thumb or whatever, (laughs) right? So you need some help. People need some help knowing what do I do in this situation? Um, And having talked to a lot of these these people myself and getting feedback from them, you know, I get stuck. I don't know what to say. I'm tongue-tied. I start crying. He yells so loud I can't, you know, I can't respond back. She cuts me off and walks out of the room. What do I do? Um, They need some practical things that will sort of inch the situation forward in the way they want it to go. Mm -hmm. And I try to apply that same kind of practicality to topics around confidence or self-esteem or um, conflict, just basic conflict or uh, finding your passion. Um, It's, it's drilling down to those really, you know, sort of nuggets of, of information that can help people know what to do. Mm. Well, one of the things that is coming out in as you're talking, and I, I like to delve into a little bit, is I, I think that impact arises out of what you value, what you see is most important, whether that's conscious or unconscious. And what are what are your values, and how do you bring them into your business? How do you see them manifesting in your business? Yeah, I think that is an excellent question. It, it's a core question because. I mean, in fact, I, in, in my work in writing, I talk a lot about aligning one's life and their work to their core values, because 
I consider these values guiding principles of your life. And I'm assuming that's kind of what you mean. What are your guiding principles? Yes. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, they help these, these values and principles help you have direction. They give you sort of a container for moving forward in your life and allowing you to feel more happy and grounded because you're not flailing and all over the place trying to figure out who you are, what you want. And so I think it's something important for everyone to figure out what their values are. My own values, especially related to work, and I did spend some time thinking about this beforehand, um, are service, creativity, connection, integrity, and authenticity. Mm. And for me, in the personal development space, I think these values are really a great reflection of what I do and the whole notion of personal growth and evolution as a human being. I mean, we, we need these uh, in our life for our own evolution. We need to know how to serve others. We need to be creative. We need to connect with people. We must live within our own integrity and we must be authentic. And so it pleases me that my values work so well with, with what I'm doing. Yeah. And as to the way that I apply them in, in business, you know, I'm, of course, we're all in business to, to make money. We all need to have money to live. But I do try to stay mindful of applying my values to all of my efforts and decisions and what I'm doing from um, the material and the topics I choose to focus on to how I respond back to a reader's email to me, uh, to a sales, the wording that I put on a sales page or to a sales email. You know, I hope that I imbue everything I do in my work with these values, but of course, not always, you know, you find out sometimes that you've missed the mark. I'm human, right? And of we course. all <laughs> miss, yeah. miss the mark sometimes, but um, I do really try to keep myself grounded in those values because I've learned through my own mistakes that when you, when you turn away from them, um, it, something unpleasant is going to be the result. Yeah. Well, and that remaining, that uh, value of integrity that you mentioned, it applies as much to integrity within yourself as it is integrity in your dealings with others, because remaining true to what you value um, in the way you just described is an important part of that. Absolutely. That's, that's super important. And uh, I think people can sniff out when you're not being true to yourself. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so intrigued by your business model and how, how well it's worked. And I know that uh, my listeners will be really intrigued to hear about how are you, how are you doing this? Because this kind of Yes, I have this amazing online business so I could work at home or wherever I want is kind of the holy grail for a lot of people. So if, if you're willing, if could you share a little bit about what do you see as the factors that have gone into you being successful in that realm? Yeah, I would say the main factor is my passion for what I'm doing. And if if you don't, at the very least, enjoy or like what you're doing, but at the best feel really strongly and, and compelled to do what you're doing, it's going to be harder to be successful because when you're passionate, you can ride the waves of that enthusiasm to get past a lot of difficulties and problems that you might otherwise feel like really apathetic about or resist. Stay motivated. Right. For example, you know, I was as I mentioned earlier, not technical at all. I think when I first started my business, 
someone said, you know, what's the URL? And I was like, what's a URL? I don't know what a URL is. <laughs> you know? So I, I really was, was ignorant about a lot of it. And I had to, I'm a very right brain sort of creative person. I'm not into technology that much, but I had to learn it. I had to learn how to set up a WordPress site and work on, you know, all of the details of, of posting blog posts and learn a little HTML and things that were very uh, much out of my comfort zone. But I so wanted to get the word out and to have this blog and to do the things I was doing that I got through that roadblock in order to get to the other side. So passion was the first thing. I guess I've gone off on a tangent about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, the, the feeling that I'm making a difference was, you know, and that's sort of wrapped up in passion, but feeling like, you know, when I got that first feedback from someone saying, you really helped me, you really, you really made a difference for me. You know, that was a huge high for me. I loved that feeling of knowing that what I did made a difference for someone. And then as I grew along with the business and learning new skills and becoming more adept at my writing, adept at how to market, then meeting Ron and combining our skills together, um, it's just been a process of unfolding, going down a few paths, bumping our faces against a brick wall, turning around the other way and doing something differently. Um, and just keeping at it. You know, that's the thing about this business is that there's a lot of confusion about it. You hear different things about what's the best way to market and the best way to uh, reach out to your clients. And, and you just have to keep at it and figure out what works best for you and to be diligent and um, resilient <laughs> and sometimes very tenacious about, um, you know, working hard and trying different things when you, when you fail or make mistakes. Yeah. I, I mean, you, what you described, it sounds like kind of a very experimental process. You're always trying new things and, and, and uh, do you do a lot of split testing and that sort absolutely. of thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I guess I should get more into the weeds of, of all of those different things that we do, but I think it applies to, to pretty much any business that you do have to continue to test and refine, test and refine, test and refine, figure out where you're getting the most bang for your buck, focus more attention and energy there, spend a little time and energy experimenting in new areas, trying new things, um, and slowly growing, you know, your business along the way where you, you know, recently we've been hiring some people and that's over the last couple of years, that's been new for us. It's just been us bootlegging it, you know, for a long time. And so you finally get enough money where you can afford to hire a VA and then now we can hire some writers. And, um, and so that's helped us expand the business. Um, and self-discipline, you know, when you work for yourself, you have to get up, you have to put your behind in the chair and keep working <laughs> right. um, day in and day out and keep yourself motivated and try to not think too long about the course that didn't sell very well or the book that got bad reviews or whatever. Um, and try to t learn from those mistakes, apply them to the next thing you do and keep moving. Well, I, I'm uh, so struck by several of the things you said that amount to basically, I mean, for someone who talks a lot about passion and there's so much out there about do what you love, the money will follow. And there is truth to that. And there is truth to there's work involved. Sometimes you have to learn things that you may not be inclined towards as you did initially. And 
it all goes into the mix. And now that you're, now that you're more established, do you find that your use of time and energy has really shifted or are you, are you staying with what you've learned technically and, and still using that? Or is that something that you've wanted to pass on to someone else? Well, my over time, yes, how I spend my time and energy has shifted. So, you know, in the beginning of the business, I, I was doing everything, right? I was having to do the admin work and the writing and the fixing the tech issues or finding someone who could help me to fix the tech issues. And, um, and then as time has gone on, we have been able to hire people to help us do the things that uh, either I'm not good at or Ron's not good at or neither of us are good at or don't <laughs> want to do, right, or that are not the best use of our of our money, uh, I mean, of our time and money. Um, so it, now my energy is spent mostly on content creation. And um, I, I do a lot of writing, a lot of course creation, uh, book writing, journal writing, uh, videos, um, things for Facebook and for other social media. Um, not so much of that anymore, but, you know, I still have to create some content for social media. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my, my biggest strength is in uh, coming up with the ideas and getting them into some kind of publication or program or article. That's great. It's uh, interesting to hear about the evolution of that as you've moved along. And, and as you get, as your business grows, um, it sounds like you've been able to bring in some additional people and so that your um, workload doesn't include every single thing, but self-care still remains important. And when you're, you're involved in something that you're passionate about, that feels fulfilling, you can get kind of carried away and not necessarily uh, take good care of yourself. Are there particular things that you do practices you have that help you maintain your, your own energy as you're working? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, even though I'm more focused in my work on, on content creation, I find that the the mental energy involved in creating content is a lot more draining than the mental energy involved in just doing basic administrative kinds of things. Yes, those are boring and they can kind of drain you because they're boring or they're not, you know, fulfilling in any way. And certainly writing is very fulfilling, but it also is just like, Oh, you put yourself into it, you know, and you're giving so much. And so it it does require you to step back and take care of yourself and refuel and sort of uh, re-energize your creative juices. So I find that if I don't get enough sleep, I'm definitely um, not as productive or creative. It makes being tired makes me very vulnerable to uh, self-doubt or to frustration or, um, or to feeling lethargic. So I've learned, you know, if I want to be my best, I've got to get my full eight hours of sleep and I got to go to bed early and, you know, don't have too many glasses of wine the night before (laughs) because that wakes me up in the middle of the night. You know, you learn these things about yourself. Right. Um, I think also having a regular exercise routine. I mean, this sounds like what you hear from everyone probably, but, um, well, there's a reason for that. It's it's sustaining. It is. And it works right. Because, uh, you know, I resist it, but it gives me so much more mental and physical energy when I follow through. So for me, I've had to 
uh, set myself up with a personal trainer because I am not very self-motivated to, to get up and go out and run or do whatever. So I've had to um, acknowledge that about myself and pay to have a trainer so that I know there's someone waiting for me and it's going to cost me if I don't show up. <laughs> right. And that's been a huge self-care treat for myself that's made a big difference. Mm. Um, taking breaks to reflect and just to recharge, to get away from technology altogether is super essential for my mental health because I'm on the computer all the time. Um, and that's something I, I try to teach people in my work is that you got to pull away from your technology from time to time and it can be very draining. Um, it can and just, I need to, it's so pervasive. I mean, it, I mean, even going out for dinner becomes uh, an adventure on the phone as much as it is a human interaction. So yeah, and there's an addictive element to it, which yeah. we have to fight. And you know, that's that's not a good self care thing to be addicted to uh, a little gadget that you have in your hand and you carry to the bathroom with you. Right? That's right. It, it's getting a little out of hand. So I try to be very mindful about that. Um, and then I'd say one of the most sacred parts of my self-care is having a definitive end to my work day because I'm, a, I'm working from home. I'm sitting here right now at my dining room table talking to you and it's so easy just to walk over, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and flip the lid open and start working again. Um, but I need to have that time that's private and sacred and personal, uh, for me and for my relationship and so that I can enjoy this you know, beautiful life here in Asheville and uh, not get so sucked back into it because I feel like, well, it's here, I should be doing something. Hmm. That is so, uh, I mean, it seems so uh, clear and obvious, but so many of us don't do that anymore. It used to be that your work was at another place and that everything was there. It was portable technology was not available. And especially for those of us who work at home, it's so tempting to, oh, I'll just spend 20 minutes or half an hour doing this, but it really intrudes on your personal priorities at that point. So that, uh, that tech vacation or the, the work vacation, even as an overnight rejuvenating thing can be so powerful. It totally can be. And I think it, this is going to be an issue. You're going to see more and more and more, um, uh, you know, in the personal development space and in all spaces, really, because um, technology is is pervasive. And as much good as it brings us, it can also, uh, you know, it can also have its negative um, impact on your life if you don't stay mindful about it. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that, um, you know, I'm so struck by in your story is that I mean, the way it's the way you describe it for brevity is that there's this there's this wonderful progression over time, and now you've built this business, and it it all. Uh, I think some people uh, may look at that as too simplistically in in terms of well, you know, it was all very smooth. When in fact, we all have obstacles and struggles that we bump up against in our desire to have impact. And um, so, can you? Talk a bit about a, a situation or an issue where you kind of bumped up against a problem and were able to work through it. I always think that's helpful to share that kind of process because it, it helps other people think about, oh, maybe I can apply that or part of that to my situation. Yeah, gosh, you know, I, I almost joked and said, no, no, I don't have any obstacles or problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, every day we have obstacles or problems. And, you know, it, it's just, 
inherent in working online and you know, I'm sure it's inherent in any business. I mean, we deal with technical glitches every day that uh, Ron told me this morning that, um, you know, some form wasn't working where we were trying to capture email addresses with, we had a huge conversion rate with a particular um, uh, lead magnet or free online gift. Mm -hmm. And the form wasn't working. So we missed all of these potential leads. And, you know, you could beat your head against the wall about that, but there's not a lot you can do with it because sometimes technology is glitchy and it happens a lot. You know, emails don't go through or something happens or people don't get them or um, something breaks or the site goes down. Right. You know, and those are things that can really mess up your business if you're if you if your entire business is based online. Um, but and we do have to deal with those things. We figure out ways to to fix them. We know who to call. And, and Ron is really good about knowing what to do. If it were just me, probably I would beat my head against the wall. But fortunately, that's something he has expertise in. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, another thing that um, is a big part of our success is just trying to read the tea leaves about what it is that people want to know about and what they're going to purchase. And, you know, part of my my goals, of course, are educating and helping and supporting people with free materials, but also we're trying to run a business where uh, we're offering courses and books and other things. And, you know, you do all your research and uh, you know your demographics and you dot every I and cross every T and sometimes they just don't buy it and you don't know why and you can't figure it out. And that's a constant struggle of, of trying to really zero in on what motivates people and what um, inspires them or what prevents them. I recently heard that, that the biggest roadblock to people making decisions is not, um, or the biggest reason they make decisions about purchasing is not what inspires them, but the roadblocks that they want to overcome, you know? So we have to think about what are the roadblock, potential roadblocks for people to purchase this thing? You know, is it the money? Is it, uh, the refund policy? Is it that, they're afraid of that the outcome won't give them what they were expecting. And so, you know, you try to sort of be a, a genie in a bottle figuring it all out, and, and that can be very daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's just so much uh, noise online competing for attention of people. You sure. know, it's just um, gotten more and more difficult to stand out. And so you have to keep refining and massaging your message in order to stand out. And you have to sometimes even narrow the message to a really small niche of people so that you can get their attention. Um, so we address challenges just by dealing with them as they arise and trying not to get too deflated when they happen right. and try to consider it as part of our learning and growth as entrepreneurs. Um, and, you know, we have gotten to the point where we anticipate that, you know, crappy things are going to happen and we just have to deal with it and move on. Hmm. Well, that's that resilience that you spoke about that, um, that you not become so discouraged that you're, uh, you don't persist, that you don't persevere. Yes, that is exactly right. Yeah. Well, Perry, if you, if you had in your time that you've spent in really following your own journey and then creating this business, uh, that's become so successful. How? What kind of insight or advice would you offer somebody who's saying, "Well, I want to have that kind of impact. I really want to reach people with with the work that I'm doing." What What advice would you give them moving forward? 
Well, the, the main piece of advice I would give is um, to thine own self be true. Mm. And, you know, find out what makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning, what gets you excited, what makes you curious, and pay attention to what makes you curious. What are you looking at online? What are you reading? What are you thinking about all the time? What are, who are the people that inspire you, and what are they doing? Um, and, and start paying more attention to that. Um, and as you get more and more clear on what motivates you, then use that energy to find a way to apply that to your work in whatever way you can. Maybe you can't change your job completely, but maybe there's something within your current job that you can be more passionate about, or you can find a, a, a bigger purpose around. Um, and try to sort of marry those two the best way you know how to do it, within the, within the realistic parameters of, of your life, of your finances, or whatever. Um, and I think that your enthusiasm and your passion for what you're doing is going to compel you to have impact because you're going to want to share that with other people. And people will, will feel it exuding from you. They'll see it dripping off of you, you know, <laughs> like, like sunbeams. Um, even when you're not completely conscious of that because your whole demeanor will speak of your enthusiasm and your passion for what you're doing. If you can tap into that, um, I think you've got – you know, a real chance for a gold mine on your hands because it's going to flow so much more naturally. Mm -hmm. Well, Barry, thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing your own experience and your own journey with your business. And um, I know that uh, the work you're doing is, is really connecting with people in a valuable way. And that practical focus is so helpful because it, deciding how to move ahead with a difficult issue, it, it can be really unsettling and ungrounding. So to have something science-based and practical um, is really helpful for people. So thank you so much for being with us today and, and for being willing to share that. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So uh, if people would like to reach you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Sure. They can go to my site, liveboldenbloom.com. And there's a great way to contact me, a contact form on that site. And I will be happy to respond to anyone who, who reaches out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you, Barry. And thank you for the work you're doing in the world. I appreciate that. Thank you. So join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com. <music>